What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're hearing the program, Mr. Kakalides and the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to finish Genesis um, 3, chapter 3. And we're starting at verse 15, and we're going to study till verse 25, till I'm 24. Verse 15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, there's different ways of interpreting this. There's the right way, which is what I'm reading now, and then there's the wrong way of interpreting it. And I want to show you the wrong way of interpretation. You have to look at uh, a Jewish Bible. Um, the JBS is, is one. Um, chapter 3, verse 15 says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. They shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise their heel. Now, that's, you may say, well, there's a difference between those two. There's the there, and and there's the there, and it's in the day, and it's not thy head, um, your head and his heel. Now, what is the difference? The difference is the there and the, and the day in the passage. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. There's a big difference between they shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise their heel. Um, why is this difference? Because the way that the Jewish rabbis, many of the Jewish rabbis interpret the word zerah. Zerah is like the word sheep. It has to be interpreted according to the context of the passage. And um, the, many Jewish rabbis don't interpret it according to the context of the passage because they put in this passage the seed of the woman as the Jewish people and the seed of the snake as the Gentiles. But if you look at the passage, there's no reference to Gentiles being the seed of the serpent, and there's no reference to Jews being the seed of the woman. As a matter of fact, it's speaking about the Messiah. It's speaking about the Messiah and not about any race of people. Now, this passage, <clears throat> and if you really... If he was a if he was a Jew, um, by your Jewish parents, if you both parents are Jewish, they will say you're Jewish. Or if your mom is Jewish, they will say you're Jewish. But if they if but if you're if you're only Jewish by your dad's side, they will say you're not Jewish because it's the seed of the woman that counts. It's your mama's side that counts to determine if you're Jewish or not. And they still. Many of them are still hung up into that, which that passage is not to determine whether you're Jewish or not. 
But yeah, that is what the interpretation they get of it. But let's see what the passage is meaning. Um, in, in this passage, we see three things. One, the Messiah will be born of the seed of the woman. Number two, the Messiah will defeat Satan. Number three, the Messiah will suffer in the process of bringing men to God. Let's go back to this passage. And I will put enmity. Enmity means a long time of hatred between you and the woman. There's going to be a long time of hatred. The serpent is going to hate the woman. In this case, it's not the actual snake, but it's actually Satan. And between your seed and her seed, between the Messiah and Satan, enmity, long-time hatred among each other. Jesus does not love the devil, and the devil does not love Jesus. And then we read in the passage... He shall bruise thy head. The Messiah will defeat Satan. And you shall bruise his heel. The Messiah will be hurt in the process by the devil in bringing men to God. And we see that in the crucifixion. But let's go to to get deeper in this passage. And it says the seed of the woman. Why is it so important that you notice that it is the seed of the woman that will bring in the Messiah and not the seed of the man? Because in that time, what does the seed of the woman mean? The seed of the woman means something very importantly is not the seed of the man this is a time when is believe is is um woman is seen more like a garden and man is seen like the seed the one that implants the seed in the garden so and even now it's the man who brings in the seed not the woman so what happens in this passage, this passage, this passage is, is telling us that there will be a virgin birth. And definitely because it's not about the man, it's about the woman, it's about a, a, the seed of the woman. That's how Jesus came about. He, he was not, he did not came from the seed of the man. The man did not impregnate um, the virgin, Mary. No, it was a virgin birth. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then we see the Messiah will defeat Satan. He will bruise thy head. The Messiah will defeat the devil, and he did. He he defeated him in the crucifixion. We we go to Hebrews 2.14. 
Hebrews 2.14, what do we read? Um, I want to read from a, a version, a, a passage of scripture, a, a, I mean a, a version of scripture that actually um, will give us more the context of the passage. And this one is called the JMT. This is the, let me check the name of it. Hold on one second. It's called the Jonathan Mitchell New Testament. So we can really get into this passage. Um, and it has a very... Explanation of this passage. Since then, the young children have participated in and commonly shared existence of blood and flesh equals humanity. He also, nearly alongside them, shared their, theirs in common, partook of the ingredients which comprised them, in order that through means of death he might render useless or deactivate, discard the one normally having the strength, or the person presently holding the force of death, or which is death, whose source is death, that is, the adversary, that which throws forks into dualism with dividing thinking and perceptions, or the one that throws something through the mist and casts division, the one who thrusts things through forks, the slanderer, who accuses and deceives, who's commonly called the devil. Well, this, this Bible version really expands it, you know. But notice the reason that Jesus died. He died for the purpose to render the devil powerless. Many translations says to destroy the devil. We know the devil is not to be destroyed. He will be thrown into the bomber's pit, be chained up there, and then afterwards will go to the lake of fire, according to Revelation 20. So God will not destroy the devil. But yet the devil will be rendered useless in the future. Powerless. He is powerless now. Even though it looks like he's powerful. But when he goes against the Christian, he is powerless. He cannot hurt us more than what God intends him to do to us. And Jesus defeated the devil at the cross. He rendered him powerless over death. And the Christian now can overcome sin. Let's play a song. And then after this, we'll continue with our study on Genesis 3.15 to verses 24. Let's play For the Beauty of the Earth. Oh, 
And if we continue in Genesis 3.15, we see that the Messiah must suffer as well. He will be, he would have his heel bruised. In the process, the Messiah is going to die. Because you get bitten by a snake, you die, especially if it's a poisonous snake. And there's no snake more poisonous than the devil. We see in Matthew 16, verse 21, Jesus uh, telling his disciples what he was going to go through. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised to dead from the dead. So the Messiah is to suffer. He is to suffer. And he did. Now let's go to Genesis 3.16. It says, To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and in your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Okay, part of the curse is there will be a desire for the woman to want to rule over her man. But the man will rule over her. And also the, the increase of birth pains is going to be also that. Well, how did I get the interpretation? That word desire in the Hebrew is only used three times. It's used there and is also used in Genesis 4. And is also used in a passage in Song of Solomon. But as we see in Genesis 4... Um, verse 7, it says, "If What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you do well, well, you... Will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door and his desires for you, but you shall rule over it. The desire there is... A desire to want to make you sin. Because that's the purpose of sin. It desires to rule over you. Give a little door to, the, to sin and it will take control of your life. So we see, this is why we have the feminism movement. This is why we have uh, women wanting to become something they weren't, weren't called about to do. Women trying to become pastors of men. Oh, brothers and sisters, I do have friends that are women pastors, but I don't agree with what they do. And I love them, but I don't agree with them. And if we was ever to go on the subject, then they're going to hear my voice on it. And they may not like what I say. But, but anyway, 
we see in the passage very clearly the desire of the woman is to rule over her husband, but he is going to rule over her. But in this passage also, there is something to, to notice. It says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and conception. This is speaking clearly uh, in birth pains. Her, her birth pains is going to increase. The woman will suffer pain, painly in birth pains. Um, if you want to think about it, and I, 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 if you ever go to the sermon I, I preached, it's in, actually it's in in this podcast. Just look for it. The seven curses Jesus took for us. I show there, which I'm going to show you here briefly in these passages. That Jesus also took these curses upon himself. He who gave the curses also took the curses upon himself. So we're going to really get intensely in this past in this um, chapter. Um, we might probably be a little longer than an hour, just like you know. Jesus suffered um, in Isaiah sixty-three, verse nine tells us. Let's find it. Isaiah 63. Verse 9, it says, In all their afflictions, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity, he redeemed them, and he bore them and carried them all the days of old. Jesus also said, in John 12, verse 24, he said the following, let me find it, John 12, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. Jesus in his death, when you get this, Jesus in dying for our sins, suffered and bared children. He bared the children of named Christians. We are the product of Jesus' death. In Isaiah 53, verse 10 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when he makes his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And we see in Hebrews 2.13, it says the following. Hebrews 2.13. And again, I will put my trust in them. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Notice, in Jesus' suffering, he bared children. Isaiah 53 verse 10 says it very clearly. It pleased the Lord to bruise him and then it talks about his seed that he will see his seed it pleased the Lord to bruise him he has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin he's going to suffer the Messiah is to suffer and he shall see his seed in the process he will have children 
It's not talking about that he had sex with Mary Magdalene. No, Jesus never had sex with Mary Magdalene. That is a myth. That is a... From, from twisting the Gnostic sources, Jesus did not have shujin. The Gnostic sources shouldn't be trusted anyway. Jesus did not have children from Mary Magdalene. But he did have children in his suffering. He bared the Christians. In many sense, Jesus is our Father, just like the Father is our Father, and the Holy Spirit is our Father, because they all are our Creator. But yet, in the crucifixion, Jesus gave birth to the church. In his suffering, that seed needed to die so it could produce. And that's what we see in the Messiah. The Messiah took that curse upon himself. We see in John 16, 21. Let's, let's read John 16, 21. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Jesus had sorrow, but yet, because of the children that was to be born through him, he had great joy. He looked at that. He looked at the future. Look at this. Let's read um, Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Oh, brothers and sisters, consider him. Consider all he went through to give birth to the church. We'll look at the next curse after this song.
Hallelujah. As we continue, we read in verse 17. Then to Adam he said, Because you heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Now, what will we see here? Um, I will have to, one of these days, set a study on the curses that the grounds hook. Maybe I could do it quickly here as well. But let's let's continue. <clears throat> let's, let's, let's focus on this verse. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. He, he, he listened to his wife. The ground is cursed. Curse is the ground for your sake. The ground received the curse. And when the ground received the curse, everything received the curse. Why? Because everything had a connection with the ground. For example, the animals became cursed. Why? Because every animal was made out of dirt. Look at verse 19 of chapter 2. Out of the ground the Lord God formed. That's Genesis 2 verse 19. Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam. Notice the animals was cursed. The vegetation was cursed because, of course, vegetation comes from the ground. The sea and the sky are cursed. Why? Because in Genesis chapter 1, we see <clears throat> that there was once a time when the sea and the sky was together and God had to divide one ferment from the other. In verse 7, it says, Thus God made the ferment and divided the waters which were under the ferment from the waters which was above the ferment, and it was so. And they were all next to the ground. They were all connected with the ground because the ground came up out of the water because that means the ground was holding the water in this place. And man is cursed because man was made from the ground. Um, Genesis 2 also says that the man was made from dirt. Verse 7 it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Women are cursed because she is made from the man who is made from the dirt. She, she came from his rib. So the curse came upon every single thing around. Everything was cursed. When God said, curse is the ground, curse is everything. Everything has its connection with the ground. Now, it says, in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. <clears throat> in toil you shall eat of it. It's going to be hard work for you. It's not going to be easy. You're going to now have to work. It's going to be painful work for you. There's, there's, 
There's more to, to get to this. In verse 18, both thorns... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And thristles, it shall bring, or it shall bear, or cause to grow for for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. I have the sneeze. Hold on one second. Okay. <coughs> ah, I hate having to sneeze while recording. <clears throat> and if you hear me cough, don't think I have the, the COVID-19 thing. Um, I've been coughing for over 20 years. Anyway. Notice. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. I have a question for you. I, I, I spoke about Jesus receiving the punishment that we deserve. Jesus received this curse. God did not just give the curse to man in the crucifixion. And in Jesus' humanity, he took the curse upon himself as well. This is getting really the nitty gritty of this passage. What we see in John says 19 verse 5. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, behold the man. Notice, thorns and thistles, the ground will grow or will bear. And what does Jesus, what happens to Jesus? In John says 19 verse 5. He's wearing a crown of thorns. In other words, I'm taking the curse from you. Could we not have a greater, more beloved Savior who shared also in our curse? God loved us so much that he would not give us the burden upon ourselves. Instead, he himself will also carry that burden upon himself. And we see that in the crucifixion. Let's play another song. Let's play Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior.
in verse 19, we see, In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. In the sweat of thy face, in the sweat of thy face, man is going to toil. He's going to have sweat. Things are not going to be easy for him. It was going to be easy. Now he has to work hard for his food. He's going to sweat for his food. Working is not supposed to be an easy thing. It's supposed to cause you to sweat. And we see also Jesus took that curse upon himself in greater degrees than we can ever imagine. What was Jesus' food? Let's ask the question, what was Jesus' food? Jesus' food was the will of his Father. Jesus tells his disciples in John 4, verse 31 till 34, the following. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus is there telling us what is his food. What is his food? His food is to do the will of the Father. And what happens in the garden? In the garden? Jesus. <clears throat> Sweated great drops of blood. Let's let's read this. Doing his father's will. Luke 22, verse 41 to 44. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthened him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. In Jesus eating the will, which was his food of his father, what happened? He sweated. Great drops of blood. Oh, brothers and sisters, the things that Jesus went through because of us, he suffered greatly because of you and me. Don't think that he did not went through it. He went through it. And we still, at many times, are disobedient to our loving Savior who loved us so much. It curses, um, it, it, the curse continues and it says, For dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. What, does it, what is it speaking about? The dust of death. We see in Psalms <clears throat> 22, verse 15. What does it say? My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to the, my jaws. 
and you have brought me to the dust of death. Jesus died. This is a messianic psalm, Psalm 22. Jesus died. Jesus died. Jesus died. Man died, but Jesus' death was a little stronger, if I may say so myself. He died in taking your punishment and mine. And he is such a wonderful savior. He died for us. For those who are to believe in him. What a wonderful savior he is. Oh, it's so good to have Jesus. So good to serve the Lord. Will you not want to serve him? Give you all to him? I believe you should. Because he's worthy. He is worthy of everything. But the curses will continue for us to read. And we're going to take a little break, a little song break, and then we'll continue. Let's play the song, Washi Saints.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We see in verse 20, And Adam called his wife name Eve, because she was to be the mother of all living. The word Eve, it means life or living. He names her. Why does he name her? Because he was soon to have authority over her. Remember, what was the curse of the woman? That her husband was to subdue her. We read in verse 16 of Genesis 3. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. No longer are you co-equal in in ruling each other. No, the husband is going to be the head now. You're going to be subjected to your husband. As part of the curse. And we see Jesus giving us an example of, of being submitted to one person, the Father. Jesus was submitted to the Father until the very end, and he still is submitted to his Father. And we see that. Adam names her, just like he named the animals, which he was to have authority over as well, in Genesis 2. Then we see in verse 21, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. To make tunics of skin, an animal had to die, an innocent animal. There we see the blood shed in Calvary's hill, on Calvary's hill. We see the crucifixion necessary. It was a picture. So we could wear Christ's righteousness and now own Christ had to die. Verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he puts out his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Notice that. Why wasn't Adam and Eve tempted to eat of that tree first? Because if they would have eaten of that tree first, then would have eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would have still remained. But no. The devil wanted to completely destroy Adam and Eve. So he had them eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The devil sought their destruction. He probably was hoping that they was going to die at that very moment, at that very instant. The devil is a murderer, like Jesus said in John 8, 44. He does not abide in the truth. He ultimately seeks your destruction. <clears throat> Some people think, oh, because I'm in the side of the devil, everything's going to go well with me when I go to hell. Yeah, right. The devil doesn't control hell, buddy. He himself is going to be tormented in hell, the Bible says along with the pro- false prophet and hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I Christ. Read Revelation 20. You ever talk to the Satanists and they tell you this? All because I'm on the devil's side. Hell is going to be good for me. Show them Revelation 20 where it says the devil is going to be buying up for a thousand years. And then show them that when the devil goes to the lake of fire, he's going to be tormented. <clears throat> the devil doesn't control hell. And in Revelation 14, it says that God will be present while they are being tormented. It's not the devil that torments people in hell. God has his special tormentors in hell. Anyway, let's continue. <clears throat> Notice that God said, Behold, man has become like one of us. The word us. There we see God as a plurality. God is speaking to God. Now man knows good and evil. <clears throat> now man is more harmful than good. Oh, I, I want to speak about the spiritual death that Adam and Eve went through. And what everyone goes to, what we call total depravity of man. Probably in the next program, we'll, we'll cover that up. Therefore the Lord, verse 23, Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to, to till the ground from which he was taken. They are kicked out of Eden. They are kicked out. They are no longer in Eden any longer. Verse 24. So he drove out the man and he placed a cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden. And a flaming sword was turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. <clears throat> a flaming sword. A flaming sword went all around the Garden of Eden. A flaming sword. I want to show you something. <laughs> If Adam and Eve wanted to go back there, they couldn't. A cherubim was there, but a flaming sword was also there. Can you imagine Adam and Eve talking among themselves and Eve saying, Adam, you took spiritual death because of me. Can you try to go there and get the fruit and bring it back so we can live forever? And Adam saying... I don't think so. There's a sword there. And it's flaming fire. It will destroy me at what instant. But Adam, can you not do it for me? And Adam was like, I cannot do it for you. I am scared. And Eve's telling him, I'm scared too. Oh, brothers and sisters, you could just imagine this happening. Oh, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that flaming sword was on the Garden even till someone took it head on. Oh, you might say, well, well did Adam took it head on? No, Adam did not. Did Eve do it? No, not Eve either. Did Mary do it? No. <laughs> but Jesus took it. Jesus took it upon himself. So he could give us eternal life. Oh, let's let's look at this passage. Let's look at these passages. We see in 
in Zechariah 13, verse 7. Let's go to Zechariah 13, verse 7. Zechariah 13, verse 7. What does it say? I got stuffy donuts. I'm sorry. Zechariah 13, verse 7 says a prophecy. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion. Says the Lord of hosts, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. <clears throat> strike the shepherd. In Matthew twenty six thirty one, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. This is Matthew twenty six thirty one. Because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Mark 14, 27. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me. This night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Oh, brothers and sisters. Jesus took that sword upon himself. I can imagine the angel. I don't know if you can imagine the angel, but I can imagine the angel. Hearing the words of the Father, strike him. But Father, he's the creator of all. Strike my son. How can I strike someone who made me, who is so holy, who I yell holy for, who I worship? Strike my son so I could bring redemption on the earth. And in that moment, the angel struck Jesus with the sword. Oh, brothers and sisters, Jesus took the sword for us. The sword that was meant for you and me. The sword that was meant for Adam and Eve. The sword Jesus took upon himself. To redeem mankind. Love couldn't come more sweeter than this. All love was shed on that cross. All love that cannot be compared. This is why in Luke 23. Let's go to Luke 23. Luke 23. Luke 23 verse 43. Let's go a little bit before it. <clears throat> Let's go to verse 39 to 43. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and save us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oh, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus said to him, Oh, surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus said to him, 
Today you will be with me in paradise. Oh, let's let's look to Revelation to see the location of paradise. Because that's something very important for us to do, right? Revelation 2 verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Jesus said to the thief, today you will be with me in the paradise where Adam and Eve once stood. You will be able to go because I took the sword. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is profound what Jesus went through. This should leave you at all what Jesus went through. Oh, Jesus loved you so much that he took the sword upon himself. This wasn't something little what Jesus went through. It is something humongous what Jesus went through because he loved you. He would die for you to redeem you. To set you free from the bondage of sin. To pay the price for your sin. He took that that sword upon himself. This is why at, at, at that moment he also felt forsaken. He was able to say, Father, Father, Eli, Eli, lama samatani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt forsaken. Who would not feel forsaken? He was taking the sword upon himself. The sword that belonged to you and me. He took it on his own. So he could make the way of paradise available for you and me, brothers and sisters. Let's play another song. Because he lives... Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Bye.
next program I wish to discuss spiritual death Jesus faced the effects of spiritual death not that he was spiritually dead but he faced the effects of spiritual death and I wish to show how depraved man became I wish to teach the depravity of man the total depravity of man not just part of the depravity of man but the totality impravity of man depravity of man that will be for our next program. But till then, Lord bless you, love you all, and this is Pastor Harris Kakalibis saying, I'll see you either later on today or tomorrow morning. 
with another message from the Word of God. You're hearing Mr. Kakalidis and the Bible Podcast. So long. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.